0: Real life monsters exist all over the world. They come in every fatal shape and size. This world is a strange one. From creatures seen in the land of our Canadian neighbors to the bizarre beasts that lurk in South America, there are real monsters lurking in the most remote parts in the world even still. I'm talking about animals you would regret seeing on a cold dark night Animals that jump straight from the tales of mythology. Animals that could tear you apart or haunt your waking life forever. Tonight, I'm going to share some allegedly true stories with you of sightings of real life monsters. But first, click that bell icon to stay notified of all the newest scary stories on this channel. And be sure to send me your scariest true experiences at darknessprevails.org. Now, there's no need to step outside today unless you like being hunted. Number one, Kala Nakushi, the Harborer of the Abyss, submitted by Imperial House. This happened to me only last summer. I live in a small fishing town on the east coast of Scotland. I was 15 when this happened, but I'm 16 now. In Scotland, there are many Celtic myths surrounding waterways, such as the sea, rivers, and of course, the ubiquitous Loch. Such myths include sirens, banshees, or bansith, as it is known in Gaelic. There's also the blue men of Mitch, which hide in the waters between the mainland and the island of Orkney, looking for sailors to drown. There are also Kelpies, which are supernatural water-dwelling horses. Knifehead, which has inspired many films such as Pacific Rim. It is said to be a man who has the head of a swordfish and comes ashore to slay fishermen. But by far the most terrifying, at least to me, is the story of the Kalanakushi. This monster is a sort of boogeyman type thing, traditionally used as a story to keep children away from harbors and far away from the sea so that they wouldn't be lost to a watery grave. Even I remember being told the story as a child. As the story goes, the Kalanakushi, which is translated to Harborer of the Abyss, is a half-man, half-eel that lies in shallow waters and waits for small children to approach, children who think it's just a stick or some driftwood. When the child gets too close, the Kala will snatch the child and drag them out to sea. Once they're away from shore, it will begin to feast on the flesh of the child. This story used to terrify me and many other children when I was young. But nowadays, we all seem to pass it off as a joke. It doesn't scare us any longer. Instead, we use it to scare our younger siblings. This was about how it went for a long time until just a year ago. Now, my town was small, but I had a good ring of friends from my school just down the road. We had all grown up with each other and enjoyed each other's company. In the summer, after we were off school, after all those boring exams, we used to head oot on the tune, which more or less means to go drinking with your friends in the evening. In our little group, there was me, my best friend, Jamie, and two girls, Morig and Una. I fancied Morig, pretty badly, actually, and I tried to impress her all the time. You know, in that cringy, awkward, testosterone-y way that boys my age often did. The sun was setting that evening, but it was still very warm out. A slight har or fog was pulling in over the harbor and the tide was receding. We went and got some chips from the local shop whilst Jamie and I smuggled in some cans of cider. Jamie and I had decided that tonight, was going to be the night that we're going to get some action. We met the girls at the docks, and we made our way down to the shore. The way the harbor was set up meant that you walked down a small red brick road to the main harbor, which housed most of the fishing boats. Then you turned left up onto a stone bridge, and this brought you across an abandoned lighthouse. If you went beyond the lighthouse, there was a small rickety wooden dock that had not been used since the 1880s. So, as you can imagine, it was in a severe state of disrepair and was out of bounds to the public, or was supposed to be. We walked up to the lighthouse and we sat on the rocks at the bottom while we ate our chips. We laughed and joked and there was a fair bit of flirting and touchy-feely, if you know what I mean. Kids being kids. But just as things were getting heated, a stench of dead rotting putrid fish sank into the air. We had smelt it enough times before, but this time it was a lot more dense, more menacing. It didn't seem to go away, just get worse. It was strange to be smelling dead fish at this time in the evening. Usually the boats leave at about dawn on Monday and they don't come back until midnight on a Thursday. And today was just Tuesday, So the boats were still gone and we had no idea where the smell was coming from. Una, the girl hanging off of Jamie's arm, suddenly said she felt sick and she wanted to go home. Upset about the whole situation, Jamie wanted to go too and asked if she needed accompanying. The two soon left, so Morrigan and I were alone in an awkward silence. She then went on to say that she was glad they'd gone because now we could have some more time together, alone. We walked up to the lighthouse and we peered out at the last slivers of sunset as we finished our cider. We were just casually chatting about rather personal things when suddenly a splash of water caught my attention. Morig had heard it too, so I wasn't imagining things. We went to look out at the pier where we thought we heard that noise, but we saw nothing. Thinking that it might be someone who was stuck in the water, we quickly jogged down to investigate. I know it sounds bad, but I was quietly hoping it was someone in need of help so I could show off my heroics to Morig, but it wasn't. The horror had thickened now, and you couldn't see anything more than five meters in front of you. We were about to leave, when the splashing continued. I walked over to the pier and the smell of rank fish hit me in the face. It was 10 times worse than before, probably the worst smell I'd ever smelled. When I looked out over the pier, my heart sank. I'm about six foot three, which is quite tall around here, but this, this thing, it was at least eight feet tall. It was standing on the end of the pier, salty water dripping off of its multiple extremities. Its skin was scaly and brown, and most of it was covered in sea bladders. Its eyes were sunken and lifeless, and it had a gaping cracked hole where its mouth should have been. The har surrounded most of the creature, and I could only make out the details of its head, arms, and shoulders. It made a horrific clicking noise, interrupted by hissing. Steam began to rise from its face, if you could call it that. I ran away from that pier. Morrig was clearly distressed. She had heard it too. I took her by the arm, and we ran until we got to the center of town, our breathing heavy, skin covered in goose flesh. We never told anyone what we saw, and it still remains a secret between the two of us. But I have no doubt that what I saw that night was indeed the Kala Nakushi. Sadly, Morgan and I don't really see each other anymore, and my friend Jamie moved away. This experience will forever haunt me. Number two, The Thing in the Storm. Submitted by dominante. I'm from a small town outside of Tucson, Arizona. We are a little rural out here, so we all have our own kind of lore about where we live. I never really listened to all of that though, because I've always seen myself to be a bit of a skeptic when it came to those otherworldly occurrences. But something happened just the other day that would change my mind entirely. It's monsoon season here, so we get a lot of heavy rain for a good few days. It's when things begin to cool off a bit and get a little eerie. I was the only one up at the time, as I tend to be a bit of a night owl, and the rain keeps me from sleeping. I never have been able to sleep well during storms, But I digress, I had just finished up a game of Paragon with a bunch of my friends and walked into my kitchen to grab myself something to drink before I headed off to bed to try to sleep. As I left my room, I noticed the motion lights on my grandfather's shed were on. Of course, I brushed it off instantly because we have a herd of Javelina and a pretty large pack of coyotes that live in the desert behind our house. I'm rather observant, so I decided to glance outside to see if I could spot whatever had turned the lights on. I had caught movement just out of range of the lights as whatever was hiding moved from the front of my grandmother's SUV to the front end of my pickup truck. Right away, my interest was piqued, so I stood at the kitchen window for a while longer, trying to see if I could get a better view of whatever it was but still, I saw nothing. I shrugged and filled the cup that was still empty in my hand, and I turned my back to the window. By then, the rain was coming down pretty hard, and at that moment, a crack of lightning lit up my backyard, and that's when I heard the cry. It sounded like a cross between a cat's yowl and the aggressive bark of a very large dog. My neighbor who lives a bit behind us has a large dog who barks constantly and I thought the sound was just that as the lightning may have startled the dog. I cast my gaze over my shoulder and caught sight of whatever had made that noise. It was large, but rather thin for its size. It didn't look frail per se. Rather, it had the appearance of a runner, a slender yet toned body. It didn't have any hair on it and appeared to be nude, though its lower half was still covered by the front of my truck. Its head was a weird oblong shape with what appeared to be bat ears grafted to its head, almost like Marcus if you've seen the Underworld movies. Instantly, I coughed up whatever water I had left in my mouth, and I attempted to look at the creature again. Remember, All of this happened within a few seconds of a lightning strike. As I attempted to get turned around, it ducked back behind the hood of my truck and vanished from view. Thinking I was seeing things, I finished my water and I began to head back to my room. Then I heard a loud thud hit the roof of my house. My kitchen has these weird faded glass sunroofs in the middle and as I glanced up at them, I could make out the shape of the same thing I had just seen before, looking into the kitchen from the window above my head. I threw the cup back in the sink, and I ran hurriedly into my room, closing the door behind me and turning my light on. I could hear whatever it was scurrying along the roof towards my room as if it could hear me moving around from within the house. I was scared stiff. It was like it was trying to get in at me, hunting me. After I got in my room and hunkered down for a while, I never saw or heard it again, but I did remain awake for the remainder of that night, terrified and easily scarred for life. It's raining again tonight and I can hear more movement outside my window. I hope it's not the creature again because I'd rather never have to see it for the rest of my life. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Number three, The Little People, submitted by Kaijan. I live in Canada and I am Anishinaabe Ojibwe. The encounter I'm sharing with you today is one of the many strange stories my family has to tell. Ever since I can remember, my siblings and I have been surrounded by spiritual things and have had a good understanding of those that are explainable, as many of the elders in my family were medicine men and medicine women. Beings called little people are known to live on the reservation where I'm from, and as long as we don't bother them, they don't really bother us, but that's only on our reserve. Agreements aren't the same everywhere. Well, this encounter happened to my brother, who at the time was only four years old, and my father, 25, let's call my brother Jake. My dad had just put Jake to bed and decided to watch some TV before he himself went to bed. In the living room was a hallway that led to Jake's room and where the couch and television were placed made it so that you can't see into the hallway. The whole time my dad tried to watch TV, he kept hearing little steps in the hallway, but thought nothing of it, since we did own a cat named Emily. 30 minutes into watching a movie, my dad began hearing the little steps once more, leading into my brother's room. This time, just as quick as the footsteps started, they ended. About 10 seconds later, My dad heard this strange and startling, gurgling, whooping sound, like a hyena, but toned down a bit, and all the while, my brother was crying and screaming. The sound of this chilled my dad to the bone, so he was grabbing the nearest blunt object he could find when he heard whatever scared my brother jump from his bed and run out of his room. When my dad reached my brother, Jake began rapidly repeating, There was a little man on me. There were little people in my room. Then he began to gesture with his hands, trying to show how tall the little man was. My dad seems to think that the little man is Jake's spiritual guide. Ever since my brother told us the little man isn't hostile, rather friendly, but I don't know if I believe that. A friendly being doesn't try to scare you and make you cry and scream. Jake's now 24 and he hasn't seen little people for a couple of years now. And all I know from this experience is that I hope I don't meet a little man myself. Number four, The Duende, submitted by Mario T. This happened only a couple of weeks ago I'm 14, I was with a group of friends of mine at a party. We're in high school and have been involved in a few parties here and there, but nothing like this. It was me and my best friend and six other friends. We were in the back of the house and kids were already leaving. We were talking about girls and things like that, typical high schooler things. During the middle of the conversation, I began to drift off into my own thoughts daydreaming about a certain girl that I had a crush on. What I didn't know is that my eyes began to wander at another house across the way. I was staring at it, and I saw their fence, and what I saw next snapped me back to reality extremely fast. I saw something moving. At first, I thought it was just a cat or something like that, but then it crawled out from under the fence, and I felt my mouth open wide. It looked like a dwarf, but really short and extremely skinny and wrinkled. I yelled at my friends, and we all just stared at the thing across the way. Then suddenly, one of my friends took off, running towards the thing, yelling back to us that we need to catch it. All I could think was, is he crazy? Even still, thanks to the peer pressure, we all began to run towards it. When it saw us coming towards it, it ran away. We were all chasing it, trying to catch up to it, and we were jumping over each other, trying to get at it, like it was some childhood game. Until finally, my friend caught the thing by the legs, so by then, we were really up close when we saw the thing in its entirety. The thing had no hair, and its head was very veiny and pale. But its eyes were all black, and its mouth, well, I thought it was a mouth. Instead, it was just stitches, like someone had stitched its mouth shut. It sent shivers down my spine, and my friend held it still in his right hand by the foot. But I couldn't help but realize that if I had held it in my hand, I would have let go pretty fast but then the thing letting out a scream actually began to open its stitched mouth and it looked like toothpaste stretching between your lips when it opened. It reached out, attempting to bite my friend who flinched and let go at the same time. Then free again, it ran off under the nearby fences. My friend was checking himself, afraid that he had been bitten or injured, but he was fine and I thought that was the end of it. We saw something weird, chased it, and really saw it. After that, I really didn't want anything more to do with those kinds of creatures, if more existed. But there was more still to come. You see, one morning a while after that, I was taking some breakfast outside, pancakes and eggs and that sort of thing. When I left the pancakes on my chair and went back in to grab my eggs, when I came back out, I kid you not, I saw a withered and thin hand reach out from under my chair and grab one of the pancakes. Then whatever it was, burst it out into the open and ran away. I got a good look at the thing. It was the same creature we had seen the other night. Sure, this may sound funny that some mythical creature is stealing my pancakes, but to be completely frank with you, these experiences are terrifying to me nothing less than scary. I think what we've been seeing is a dwinde, a creature of Philippine or South American folklore. They're small dwarf-like beasts that crawl on all fours and their skin looks withered as if they'd been burning or rotting. I can tell you one thing, I want to get as far away as possible from any more animals like that. And number five, lizard thing in the woods submitted by reddixdragon12 I'm 34 years old and I'm a trucker my route often takes me from Texas all the way to Mexico nearly every single day and every day that means I have to go down the same route that goes through 10 miles of Mexican forest and foliage I've done this for three years now, and I'm very much used to it. I do it to deliver wood or sheets of metal, usually. Now keep in mind that I've never experienced anything quite like this while on the road. Now I'll get onto the story. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. As per usual, I was making my drive through the 10 miles of forest on a very empty road. While I was driving, I was about halfway through the forest when all of a sudden I hit something with my truck. There was a sickening thud as something hit the front of it, and I heard a loud scream. It sounded like a bear's growl, or some sort of distorted or pained coyote. I was confused. I've never heard anything like it. I slowly got out of my truck, bringing the keys with me, and I was expecting the worst. I was hoping whatever it was wasn't hurt, So I looked all around my truck, but there was no mark or scratch from it. No animals hurt nearby. That was more eerie than confusing. When I was about to get back in the truck, I heard very quick and light footsteps behind me. I turned around as fast as I could, and I wish I hadn't. It was shaped like a man but it had red and pink scales like a lizard or snake. It had gills on the side of it where the chest was supposed to be. And it had very long arms followed by hands with claws on the end. But the head was the part that I was focused on, that I was transfixed on. The head was more of the shape of a catfish with long and sharp pointy teeth. It was like something out of a fantasy novel or a horror film. The eyes were all black, but it had red glowing orbs in the center. At that moment, I backed into the truck, and I tried to start it, but the dang thing wouldn't start. It didn't make any sense. We had to inspect these things constantly before we left, and I flipped out, slamming my fists all over, and I accidentally hit the horn. The thing got scared, and I watched as the creature unnaturally skittered away. Then the truck started again, and I hightailed it out of there. I thought I was in the clear, but then the unimaginable happened. The beast was now on the road, heading straight towards my truck. It jumped at my truck and barely hit my windshield, but it was enough to crack it and nearly shatter the entire thing. I heard it crawling around on top of my cab, trying to do God knows what. Of course, I slammed the brakes, coming to an eventual halt and forcing that creature to come flying off of my truck. It struggled to get back on its feet for a moment, but before it could get up, I floored it. You have to know how terrified I was. I felt like my life was in danger, so I thought there was only one thing left to do besides get out of here. I tried to run it over. I heard a disgusting snapping noise as I went over what I thought was its body, and I continued speeding down the road until I finally felt safe again. I made my delivery with the thought of going back through that road fresh on my mind. I dreaded going back that route, but curiosity got the better of me, and instead of trying to find a longer way around, I just drove straight back through there was something I needed to be sure of. Eventually, I did find the spot where I encountered that creature because there was a stain in the middle of the road that looked like dried blood. But the creature was gone, nowhere to be found. When I saw that it had somehow gotten away, I pressed down on the accelerator a little harder. And I got home as fast as I could, knowing that there are things like that out there Things that apparently can't be stopped, even with a fully loaded semi. Not too long afterwards, I got a new job because I'm pretty sure being a mail delivery driver won't have me coming across real monsters compared to being a trucker. The next time you find yourself in the great outdoors, enjoying the scenery and the fresh air, don't ever forget that one famous ancient phrase, dang nature, you scary, because nature really is terrifying. There are creatures out there getting hungrier by the minute. Hungrier means more desperate. More desperate means people might begin to be targeted as prey. That could be you. It could be me. But before I get eaten, I'm gonna sit back and enjoy some filthy frank. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your true stories at darknessprevails.org. Also, a huge thanks goes out to my newest patrons. They are Tara Fisher, Patricia, and Julio Castaneda. Thank you all so much for doing everything you can to support the horror community and my channel. As always, to anyone listening, stay safe out there and stay creepy.